that mic, Michael, and then your mic. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. Amanda's giving you some pity laughs. I'm aware. I'm aware. Oh, my gosh. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rode Microphones. Rode is an Australian-based audio equipment company with a great U.S. support team that makes quality consumer and professional microphones and accessories. Here at Two Weird Camera Beards, Tom and I use a Rodecaster Pro mixer and Rode pod mics to record each episode. If you're interested in Rode audio equipment, Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller, and you can find their products by visiting mpex.com and searching Rode. That's mpex.com, search R-O-D-E. And a special thanks to Ray Sherlow. Ray wrote the music that we use for the show. It's the song Try a Little Harder from his album Forward Facing. If you dig his music like I do, check out the link in the show notes. Thanks, Ray. Hey. Hey, Tom. How's it going, Kev? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, This has been a podcast that I've been looking forward to a bunch. Me too. Yeah? Because we have some cool guests on with us today. Heck yeah. <laughs> Should I start that over? No, you can go for it, Tom. Okay. I'll put the warning on. It is, uh, it's our spooky episode, and we've got a couple guests with us today that, uh, is it okay that I'm introducing them this early? Yeah. Okay. I want you to. Good. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple guests on today that I always look forward to seeing in the shop. Uh, it's a couple of photographers that are fairly local. Uh, I think they're just south. East of Columbus. That sounds right. Circle. Circleville. Okay. Circleville. Okay. Yeah. We've got uh, Mike and Amanda Maynard. I know them as fiction, just based on their like social media and stuff. Yep. But uh, yeah, they're always yeah. Uh, good to have you guys here. Yeah. Thanks hey. for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. You uh, may have remembered them from our Instagram takeover that we did back during the lockdown. Oh yeah, they did an awesome job, and they showed off some of their best work. And I, I just, I really liked your guys' takeover. It was awesome. Heck yeah! Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. It was uh, definitely different. Like I don't get out on so, like I don't generally do videos, so it really kind of pushed yeah. me. I liked seeing that side of you guys. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. So, how's twenty twenty one treating you guys? I don't know, Mike. You want to go first? I mean. COVID is still happening for us. Yeah. So we don't get out a lot. Yeah. No. Um, we just kind of, I don't know. I've been trying to get back into doing photography with people since it, since everyone's vaccinated now, but yeah, you know, so I've shot with a few people. Yeah. I've seen some of that work. Nice. It's really nice. It's very sharp. What do you add a, just real quick? So I, before we get, I know we're going to have a whole like gear section later, but <clears> what are you shooting with currently? Uh, Pentex 6.7 and a Hasselblad 203 FE. Not messing around with that kind of gear. Sweet. <laughs> you guys have like yeah. matching Pentax kits at this point, don't you? We do. We I've do. always wanted one. That's awesome. Like that one. We kind of we kind of uh, got lucky and ran across a body with a lens, and then I bought a couple more lenses, and immediately Amanda was like, "I love this camera," and we another body so that we could just share the lenses that we had yeah and then i got his prism or whatever um it was a little banged up it came from someone at midwest who did who brought that camera in do you guys know i can't remember his name i'm not sure i mean honestly i think we have at least three 
associates now that shoot with Pentax 6.7s, <laughs> so yeah. it could be a few different people. Mm-hmm. Along with, like, even, like, I think Tariq's shooting on a Pentax 6.7, too. Yep, I believe so. So, like, I mean, it's fairly popular here. Yeah. We do. It's a pretty I good think, camera. I, yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm curious. I love it because my vision's not that great. Like, I mean, and I, it's much easier for me to focus through. Yeah. Like Big. Having like a negative 10 eyesight. I think that's how you say it. And I've always liked that format. We've, we've, we've had an RB67 forever and I just hardly ever used it because it's just it's so heavy and beast. obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, I like it, but <laughs> I like Excuse the Pentax 67 a lot better. That's so, so cool. Amanda, what do you usually shoot on? I know your like your style like is very different from Mike's. Like I don't know. I like your stuff. I like both of your guys' work a lot, but like I like all of your alt process and all the like funky like just pushing the limits of like film and photography and getting that Thanks. Like, Yeah. I so like they're most people it seems like they have like their bag and they can keep their bag loaded you know and they're like i'm ready to go but like i almost always go out with a different camera <clears throat> like i don't know if it's because i'm add or a little neurodivergent i'm not really sure but like i almost never go out with the same camera twice in a row like Love the same process um, yeah 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 that's um, crazy and like i i do usually i'll bring my um sony a7r four a7r four yeah and I'll usually bring that out with me because then I can use all the lenses from every other 35 millimeter camera I have Yeah. on that. <clears throat> That's so cool. Very cool. I've, I've seen her go out one day with a five by seven shooting glass plates and then the next day going out with a Holga. So. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I, I like to get married. I mean, this guy <laughs> always keeps it interesting. You know, it always is always like a, a little quirk to work around, like because you might forget something about a camera and then remember it again when you pick it back up, you know, after not using it for a while. At least that's how I. Oh, always. Yeah. It's like just getting a new camera, yeah. you know, like and I always forget everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like my thing. Like, I don't carry the same film camera with me every time I shoot. Yeah. Ever. What do you shoot the most of, do you think? <laughs> excuse me um i don't even know what do you think mike you shoot the most with oh god i really um, hope it's the holga i'm like really gutting i'm i'm hoping i that. actually <laughs> haven't gotten out a few years because like so we have a few holgas but like i have one that's like my favorite yeah. and i i just recently found it again um and you know how they're all like a little bit different oh yeah and I just, I, I'm so like persnickety that like. Yours is the one with the blue, purple ribbon. Mine on is it. the one with the purple birthday like wrapping ribbon on it. It's super. <laughs> it, it just looks really, it looks really dumb, but that's all I had for a strap when I got it. Cause I was, you know, really, I didn't have any money when I, got, <laughs> when I first got my Holga. <laughs> and what was your question? <laughs> Do you have a camera that you. Oh, um, so. As far as like 35 millimeter goes, like I really like my F100. And then one Christmas, mm. Mike surprised me with an F6. What? I, no I know. way. It's, it's so nice. Like sometimes I'll pick it up and I'm like, oh, here's my digital camera. And like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. because it looks just like, like a D700 or a D800 or, you know, yeah. whatever Nikon that isn't a mirrorless. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the F6, I, I really like that. Like That's so cool. I would say that that was money well spent. For Heck sure. yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. And this is an awesome guest. Nice, nice job, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he bought he he obviously bought it on e, like eBay. He tried yeah. you guys first. We always try to buy it from like Midwest we or lo- locally first. We really we really know, appreciate that. That's really um, cool. I want to back yeah. up a little bit because we've talked to we've talked a little bit about about your work, what you, what you might shoot a little bit, but I want to talk about how you got started in photography. Can you talk about that a little bit? So I'll I'll go with that. Um, it's probably. 2003, 2004 mm-hmm. was the first time I picked up a camera. I actually had a coworker who was a photographer, or, you know, not professionally, just, you know, for fun or whatever. And he had a Canon A1 that he was looking to sell. I'm like, I'll take that. I'll buy it. And immediately fell in love with it. And within a month, I was shooting large format. Wow. Dude. That's a huge leap. That's insane. From 35 straight to large format in a month. When did you yeah, work I with mean, Matt? Dude, Mar- that's how that's how Mike is. Like he just he he gets something and like he has to go to the extreme. Like he can't just be like, I got this point and shoot camera and like I really love it or like you know I yeah, I, from- I got this 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 keyboard like and like instantly very quickly he's progressed to like maxing it out. Yeah, yeah basically I, I bought a, a like a Crown graphic or something like that and went, I was- went with that and then eventually bought a Tachihara. I actually bought it off of Jim at Midwest, like, nice. I don't know, in 2005 or something. I was going to say, when did you work with Matt Marash? Because that seems like the lit, like the kind of steps you would take with a coworker being Matt Marash. Like, here's an A1. A week later, all right, here's a 4 by 5 Get going. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. We love Matt. We think he's awesome. Yeah. yeah we met, I met Matt when he was in Toledo, right? I think I met Matt at – there was a – Polaroid meetup maybe okay. in Finley or something. Oh, it was That's I right. went to that okay. and then I also met him in Lima. There was like a, a group shoot there and that's oh. where I first met Matt. And I mean, it's probably been 10 years, yeah. I'm assuming. That's Wild. cool. It's easily been 10 years. We've been married easily. for nine. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Amanda? When did, how did you get started in photography? Um, when I was like, I don't know, 12 or something, my dad gave me this point and shoot film camera. And how would I, what year would have that been? Like 1987 or 88 or something like that? I don't know. Point and shoot camera. And I used that. And I remember I took a bunch of pictures like flowers, you know, just like stereotypical stuff that like, you know, a young person would take pictures of. Like check and, out this project on textures. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, don't diss it. That's how we all learn how to do <laughs> oh, photography. I, I, I did it too. Shadows, texture, mm-hmm. lines. That's what we all did. Yep. But um, so I had that point and shoot camera and I remember my mom like entered me into like local fair photography <laughs> photography things and like the parks department. And <clears throat> I won some of the junior like photo competitions and and when I was in ninth grade my mother and grandmother surprised me for Christmas with a, and this is super high tech it was a Milta Maxim 3xi and I will tell you like back then that was like the coolest thing ever like it was brand new it just come out like looking back now it's like eh, I don't know <laughs> but yeah that was my my first DSLR 
And that's nuts. That's cool. I had it for years and years, and then the, the battery just broke, like the winder. That's fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a really fancy camera for a, for a young person back then, you know? Yeah. Now, now, for a lot of people, that's, you know, Mike, you've been shooting for, uh, you know, a decade. Amanda, you've been shooting longer than that. And a lot of people that that's an extended period of time. So as I'm going to call you experienced shooters, I'm, I'm just going to call you that because I think that you are. Okay. What in, is, is your favorite part of this? Cause I know you guys dabble in analog photography too. Is your favorite part going to be actually capturing the photographs or is it going to be like the process of, of making them with chemistry when you're talking about, I guess it's more of like a film based question, but it, or do you enjoy more of the processing or more of the shooting aspect of it? I actually hate developing film. Oh, um, I do it. Um, the only thing that like I really love developing are glass dry plates. Cause I can look at them like, oh my God. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not talking about prints like lift printing or silver gelatin. I mean, just like developing film. I just find it for me <clears throat> tedious and I don't, I feel like a jerk when I say that. Well, but like, you make I, me do it most of the time. I what? <laughs> you make me do it most of the time. No, I don't. Because I don't mind. I, I, I make Michael do my color film sometimes. Because <clears throat> uh, we were using this Jobo, and I, I, I absolutely hate the Jobo machine for myself. Yeah. But anyway, the question was, see, it's ADD. <laughs> That's usually. Oh, the process of shooting. Um. I think that like, if I'm like having a rough day or something's going on and I can get out of the house and like go out to a cemetery and it's kind of like grounding. And that is probably my favorite part. Hmm. You know, it's just you and your camera and you don't really think about anything else aside from like, maybe like creepy dudes when you're alone somewhere. (laughs) But yeah, that's like the part I like that. And you know, like, with the developing, like when I actually like can see my image. Actually, I do love that. Ever since I got that Instagram filter from, is it Cine still? Yeah. Where you can see your negatives and put them in stories. Like I actually really dig that. So I guess that's a payoff to developing. Like as soon as I develop, I'll like get that app out and I look at it. Yep. That's really cool. That's so cool. It's really rewarding. Heck yeah. yeah. I like that too. I I don't know. I enjoy that same kind of experience yeah. of walking around with the camera and yeah, kind yeah. of. It's like it it forces you to kind of put like for me at least. I it makes me deal with things in my brain that like I'm not wanting to deal with in the moment. <laughs> Just like I'll deal with that later when my camera's in my hand. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But cool. uh, Mike, for you, is it more shooting or is it? Pro- I know you're you you said you develop uh, a lot of Amanda's color, but do you prefer the processing? Do you like, do you like the, I, I do. Yeah. I, I like processing film. I, 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 I like always trying to experiment with black and white. Yeah. Um, but just printing. I love printing. Um, I kind of did a project actually in 2020 of just only, only shooting and printing with absolutely zero, nothing digital and you know other than taking a picture of the print and sticking that on instagram yeah. but yeah. i was so from you know because I, I, i've scanned film a lot um I've, that's a lot of the recent stuff is scanned again um i mean you have a lot more creative <clears throat> a lot more you can do with photoshop but it was interesting to limit myself to old school like i'm just gonna shoot i'm gonna print in the dark room 
what I can do with dodging and burning is the bet is, you know, done. You also got that cat labs thing. Is it, that's not cat labs. Gosh, who makes that thing that we use? The oh. zone, zone master thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who so, makes that thing? Uh, so it's some weird English company. I don't know. I got this thing called a zone master two. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's like using the zone system for printing. Hmm. So you, so instead of like doing like, it's like a, F-stop printing. instead of doing test strips, yeah. you actually meter your, you know, Whoa. under the plants of the larger and you, and you can, you know, it actually knows like what pa- you, you program it for the paper. You have to do testing and stuff. It's Ew, interesting. But anyways, yeah. So I can, I can get a nearly perfect print without even doing st- test strips. So I can like, That's you know, it's, cool. it's close and I might have to do two or three prints to get a perfect print and then I can do a bunch after that so that's so cool yeah it's super it's an interesting process i, I, it's I like started a, that that's nuts it's like an x-ray caliber like a, a monitor calibrator but if you're enlarger or something yeah, that's not that's pretty wild. it's like using a spot meter yeah know? it's you're exactly like, like, okay. format. like what you do is you put it over like the highlights and then you press the button and then you put it over the shadow and you press the button and then it'll show like have you guys ever used like the spot meters where like like a Pentax, uh, Pentax oh, yeah. one where you can put like the zone system like oh yeah over it and this this shows like a on a step wedge kind of thing like where your highlights are going to be and where your shadows are going to be hmm. and god I just realized I'm so sorry that we're rambling so much no, this no is that's good so though cool. this is that's so good. cool I love yeah. this I love this that. is like our my thing like I can't rein it in you know what I mean but yeah that <laughs> thing is awesome it's just made by a dude in England I I, I don't think it's like any major company or anything it's huh. just he makes a couple other oh, so cool. he makes a couple other things it's so like, helpful like uh, it, it saves so much time because you instead of wasting paper you know and like resources and time mm-hmm. and energy you know, you can do this and you're like, okay, now I know where, like, I need to dial in. Yeah. It even That's has cool. set, it even has settings to do like split grade processing. If you want, I've never done that because I don't really wow. care about split grade processing, but. I feel like we're just rambling on about things that yeah. they don't want to talk I'm about. not trying to sell anybody that product. <laughs> no, no, it's just like, it's just the, it's just the cool, the coolest piece of darkroom equipment that we've purchased. Yeah. My two favorite things time. ever. Well, was actually exciting. meters. If you're, if you're asking my favorite piece of equipment ever, it's a Pentax digital spot meter. And my second favorite piece of equipment would be <laughs> i love you guys you guys are the best that's awesome you guys can't see the video but amanda was just like motioning the mic to shut up about his gear <laughs> and it was great i love you guys because i know that you got we were going to talk about that later and we just ruined it you know no, that's no, right. we can, we can, yeah. that's good that's we can good still talk about that you later. guys are the best let us let's let's transition into our like question portion you want to do that and you want to do like yeah let's roll do a volleyball yeah. thing where like i ask mine you ask yours yeah. you want to start first though yeah cool let's go let's go that's me now yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so we uh so like there's a lot of location stuff that goes into your guys's work like i can tell like mike you shoot a lot of portraiture and amanda a, and you a shoot a lot of what cemetery she mentioned going to cemeteries oh yeah i was gonna bring that yeah. up okay you gonna making... steal my thunder on our cemeteries man go ahead go ahead. <laughs> but yeah i and i was curious with you guys do you guys work together to like find those locations like do you guys kind of wander around together or do you guys kind of work independently and like you might i don't know i'm I'm just curious how you guys find these lo- these spots and all that like i've i think with when mike shoots people like i enjoy like trying to find places for him to go because i get to go too uh but yeah as far as me like 
Oh, I forgot the damn question. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're I good. Allergies and I'm just not here. Um, I use like Google Maps a lot. Sure. Uh, I basically just go to Google Maps and like uh, like old Flickr pictures and like find out like uh, where there are cemeteries, huh. and that's what I do. Do you or look I just for drive like? Around. Do you ever look for like unmarked cemeteries? Some of the cemeteries you find are like kind of like they look very hidden and like out of the way, or right? They're so old that they're like not marked or something. Yeah. Um, I did that a lot more before we lived in Circleville. Hmm. Um, uh, I would love to find more of those, but usually when I shoot, I'm by myself. Mm. Um, so sometimes I'm kind of uncomfortable, like you know, parking my car on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, you know, sure. who knows some weirdo's going to come by that's stranger than me. Um, <laughs> follow, 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 follow me into the woods in a cemetery. But, uh, you know, I, I plan, like, I don't plan what I'm going to shoot. I just plan where I'm going to go. Okay. And like, I'm always trying to find like old cemeteries or, like I don't know, like historic locations that I can go and, and shoot. I okay. know that sounds really. It's not very glamorous. That's something she hasn't done in a while. But she also used to do um, like interior shots of like abandoned buildings, mm, like uh, urban exploration style stuff. Or? Not not exactly. <laughs> you, so sorry, if I'm coughing. I have allergies. <clears throat> I know it's kind of a touchy subject these days, you know. <clears throat> but um, oh yeah. So one of my favorite things to do is to shoot interiors of buildings, like churches, old buildings, things like that. And this is where like, I don't know, might kind of tie into where like you guys are like, this is a spooky episode. But for me, <laughs> it's not spooky. Right. So like, I hope I'm not rambling too much and everybody's going to think I'm kind of goofy, but. No, well, I was going to say, it's, it's not quite urbex because usually she gets permission to be there. Like, you know, oh. like she was in line, but she, she knew a lot of people and she would, um, you know, like there was an old bank that she shot in. She yeah, well, like when I was in Lima, like I knew a lot of people. And since we moved here, we've been like pretty isolated, and I just haven't really been able to do that. And I would say that's something that I really miss about photography yeah. because mm. that's it's some of my favorite things. And back to what I was saying, that <clears throat> like I don't do that for like a thrill. Like I know a lot of people go and they're like, oh man, you know, like we snuck in here and you know, it's, it's exciting. And it's, you know, like gets that, like, what is it? Dopamine going yep. mm -hmm. or dopamine rush. But like, I feel buildings um, mm. I, or locations. Like I have since I was a kid, like, I don't know if it's one of those weird things or it's not weird. Sorry. How some people like will perceive, is it called misophonia? I can't remember the word <clears throat> where some people see a color and it correlates with a number or uh, yes. um you uh, know hear a note and it's a color a, but i've always you can smell music things like that like yeah 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 so like i can go into a building and like i can feel the energy of like its past and like it's almost like i listen to it yeah um i mean it probably has to do with the fact that i'm a spiritualist um <laughs> but i've been that way my whole life like yeah. i that's why it's one of my favorite locations. Like, it's really to do. Cool. any old building, you can like feel the history and the people that walked those halls, and like, you know, just the things that happened there—the large events, yeah, bad. Are these? And, 
Are these the places that you take like self-portraiture a lot of the time? Like where it looks like an empty hallway or something like that. And it may be like, I don't know. And like, you'll, it'll be like, I feel like you usually do it in like cyanotype or Van Dyke Brown or something like, I don't know, crazy like that too. Sometimes, most often I'll do it in like, I guess I do it in digital too. Okay. Um, like, and I also, I don't want people to think that like I'd never snub digital because I love digital. Like yeah. some yeah. of our sanitizers are digital, honestly. I just, it's, oh uh, yeah. Like, so, so, so someone will start with digital. Someone will start with, most start with film. <clears throat> but um, what was the, oh, uh, almost all those have been done at home. Oh, really? Yeah, they have a really cool home. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah, we do have, we live in a hundred and some year old house. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so I usually do those at home. Um, huh. And I, I usually, when you see a self-portrait, it's usually like a form of self-therapy for me. Hmm. Um, I have chronic illness and chronic pain. So oftentimes when like I can't deal with that and there's like no way out of it or nowhere to go, um, and I'm sure many people can like identify with that, um and it's kind of something they teach in like cognitive behavioral like you know what i mean like you need to like do something else move on find something healthy to focus on yeah Mm -hmm. so i'll do uh self-portraits um that kind of show my headspace yeah okay that's cool such a downer no (laughs) good very cool um i want to touch on um failures and mess ups um you guys put out some amazing work both of you thank uh, you as as artists both not not only in the photographic realm but mike along with your music as well Mm -hmm. Uh, let's i i want to know we see a lot of successes when things are public but do you guys have like a favorite time that you failed and it's taught you something important or it has led to something bigger than that failure do you want me to answer this first or do you want to answer this? Well, I can answer it. So okay. um, I guess my biggest failures is something I still try to get over is actually the working with people. And I, I hate when people look like they're deer caught in headlight when I do portraitures. I like people to just be themselves. I also don't really like the, the quote unquote themed like stuff. Like people are always asking. For yourself. The theme? Like, yeah, for myself. And I'm like, there is no theme. I'm just I'm shooting your portrait. But um, so I think probably one of my biggest things that I still need to work on is um, is getting the best out of people. I've gotten a lot better at it, but hmm. it's it's a that's something that's always a, a process that's always evolving because everybody's different too. You you meet somebody yeah. and they won't they they just don't react the same way that everyone else did and you've got to kind of change change up what you're doing nervous yep so when i go with him now i try to i try to help him with that like i try to make people laugh and like they'll be a little bit more relaxed so yeah hopefully that'll help i have i admit that i struggle with that problem too i focus so much on like i'm a very uh like left brain type of person who focuses on logic and solving problems and equations and how technology works and that's me and i when I get behind a camera, I'm focused on the exposure triangle and depth of field and how I want this image to look. And I totally forget to connect with the person on the other end of the lens. <laughs> and- so that's so one of the things I've done since since the beginning, really, I, I learned this is, you know, 
because I started actually with large format shooting landscapes and whatever and got into the zone system and stuff like that. And then I realized the second I started shooting people, you have to throw all of that out because yep. you can't you can't be technical. Yeah. So you basically have to know your gear enough to just do it mm -hmm. and get it close enough because really what's what matters is that they're, you know, comfortable and that they're engaged. Yeah. And you're going to have a great photo, whether it's a little bit overexposed, a little bit underexposed, whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's, you know, as long as you're in the ballpark, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, you're obviously, you can, it has to be in the ballpark, but, yeah. you know, so getting to know your gear really well and be able to shoot without thinking about it was super important yeah. for me. And then, and then just engaging with people. So I don't, I don't, I'm not actually very technical when I'm shooting. I'm just kind of like meter once. Yeah. <laughs> I just, and I mean, I'm kind of know. there with, with Kevin, like, since like my, I am so scatterbrained, like it's really challenging for me to go and like shoot people <clears throat> because, you know, I am scatterbrained. So like, it's hard for me to like worry about all the settings on my camera or the plates or whatever I'm using mm -hmm. and the person. And then I just get really terrible anxiety. I'm like, oh my God, you know, and then you just fall down that hole. And, and it's, it's a spi just... it's a spiral because then yeah. it just <laughs> right. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because the last time the last thing a person sitting for you wants is to just silence. Like if you're just silent and they're just like, I'm doing something wrong. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. used to be a hair I used to be a hairdresser. And like that's one of the reasons I stopped doing hair is because like I'm just doing my job and I'm concentrating and like I didn't have the ability to so like I'm, I'm there with you with like the technical aspect and like yep. just focusing huh. on what you're doing, making sure that things are done properly. I don't and know. It, and one, one tip I learned was that um, if you have nothing to say, talk about what you're doing, talk about the gear, talk, you know, even if you think that they're not interested. And you know, that's what I do. I get anxious. Then I'm like, I'm so anxious. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out my settings. <laughs> Am I making you nervous? <laughs> <laughs> but uh your question was about failures right yes and um, like your favorite failure or something that's that that's still teaching you a lesson or that you're still learning from that failure is one of my favorite things oh yeah like i mean i, I love that answer I, I would say i would say amanda embraces failure she, oh, the, i love the, it the, the, the... And it's not necessarily even failure it's, it's like it's like happy accidents yeah i love them like this is one of my favorite photos i you know like i talked about being very technical but then you know sometimes things don't work the way you think they're going to work you know yep like when you take your holga out and you forget to take it off bulb you know because yep. i think everyone's done that yeah yep that's awesome and you're like you're like this rule's really gonna suck and then you get it back and you're like oh wow that's really cool i love that yeah yep. I Every time, man. Every time with the Holga. I, I was just gonna say, on. I I love that answer, and I love that you've got a favorite Holga. Like this podcast is like just making me smile so much. It's yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but most of my photography, like, I'm all, all sometimes anxious if people view it. Like, I don't know how to like operate a camera sometimes, you know, or like do prints or whatever. But I'm actually going for that like i would not be part of the f64 group like, <laughs> I, I, I mean like hanging out with pictorialists you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. If that makes any sense. yep oh man this makes me so happy <laughs> 
Tom. I'm glad. They, we better. don't we don't talk too much about like pictorialist photographers or like any of that here. We That's don't. that makes me. It's happy. my absolute favorite. Yeah. Like, if I really? could travel back, oh, that would be awesome. That... Somebody's been posting on Instagram about that. Uh, books, books mm. from like the 1800s. And... Mm. Talking about Ben. Uh, is it Ben Rains? Ben Rains, yeah. Ben Rains. Look him up. Really cool we're, dude. We're going to uh, have to get that link from you guys and we'll post it in the show notes oh, for yeah. sure. And he's just posting some super interesting stuff about like Toralist and like, you know, just books that have been written about it. And I don't know. I find it to be really interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you want to, you want to keep rolling? Yeah, yeah. Let's keep going. All right. All right. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip one here, but uh, I wanna I wanna know Amanda what made you dive into self portraits, and then I've got a short follow up question for Mike after that. Um, you know, funny story. Uh, <laughs> so my senior year of high school was probably nine, it was ninety four. So it was probably 93 when I was supposed to get my senior portraits and I remember my mom kept on me and she was like, we need to make an appointment. You need to go in for your, you know, for your senior pictures. And of course, you know, I was just like this young pissed off, like <laughs> punk chick. And I was like, not going to do that. You know, screw that. You know, leave me alone. We don't listen to the <laughs> So like, I just, I put it off and I put it off and I was like, I'm not going to do it. Leave me alone. So I just took my camera and I went to the cemetery and I, did self-portraits of myself. <laughs> and I remember like, I, I worked on the yearbook and I brought my pictures in and they were black and white. And they were like, yeah, you're not allowed to do this. And I was like, but I'm, you know, I'm a photographer. Like I work for the yearbook. Why can't I do this? Like, I don't want like bright, happy, you know, pictures of me smiling, you know, wearing a pink dress with, you know, gelled lighting going through <laughs> blinds with fog like that yeah, like, with a big like, like sitting on like a big 94 yeah that's <laughs> like, not you. can you guys envision this like, yeah. you it's, know it's, like 80s it's like you in an environment that makes no sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> so finally like my mom she was like a bulldog and she, you know they they put it in the yearbook so johnny high school yearbook 1994 there's a picture of me sitting on a i don't know like an egyptian tomb <laughs> for my senior picture in black and white that's amazing um was that the question i can't remember the how question. you got started in self-portrait oh yeah, that's yeah. how yeah and, so, <laughs> and i've just you know been doing them ever since and there was like very long stretch of time where i didn't do any photography because you know, all we had was film and I just couldn't, I couldn't afford it. So I didn't do it. Yeah. But like now, like I love self-portraiture and people say, oh, you know, you need to do more self-portraits. And I'm like, it's not something I can force myself to do. Like yeah. it's something yeah. that like I have like internally feel. Yeah. And it's was more, it too- it's vulnerable too. It, it's also, it's like, it, it seems like, you know, it's for you. You're, you're doing that for you and other people are asking you to do it and you're correcting them and you're saying, but no, no, that's for me. Like I'm doing that for me <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. That's what photography is. It's for me. Yeah. Like I've taken, Oh God, there was a stink bug. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What the hell? 
sorry guys. <laughs> so I'm sitting here in my office and I feel something fall on my head and it was one of those curses. This is the spooky episode. <laughs> it just fell on my face. Oh God. It's that time of the year, oh, I'm man. I'm sorry. It, what yeah. are we even talking about? Self self portraits and uh, <laughs> and people demanding out of uh, out of you. When, oh whenever. yeah, I God, I, I'm sorry if I I hope I don't talk too long or ramble on. Uh, but yeah, I do it for myself. Yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day. Like I have rolls and rolls and rolls of film mm-hmm. and digital pictures that I've taken since lockdown, and I've barely put any of it out because it's just been for myself like it's to cope or get through the pandemic or just get through things or you know just it's for me yeah yeah i think that's the most important things when you're an artist is that you're doing it for yourself and not just for everyone else because then you know you kind of lose your i don't know your your center yeah that makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense I mean, unless you're like a wedding photographer, which is nothing wrong with, you know, unless it's like your job. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you wedding photographers wish. out there. <laughs> I wish I could be a wedding photographer. Like originally I wanted to be a, to do studio photography, like commercial work. Yeah. Because yeah. that's actually my thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I could do weddings. There's no way. Yeah. Like I, I look up to people that, that do things like that. But yeah, like if you have to do a daily grind of photography, that's cool. But if you're fine art, you have to be doing it for yourself, I think. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. You had a follow-up for Mike. My quick follow-up for Mike. And this is this is me curious too on this question. You're curious? Please, you shouldn't be that curious. You've got to... <laughs> All right, Mike. You do you accept the challenge? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh you do a lot with music and photography. Do those two ever like cross paths for you at all? Like, do you ever do any like concert photography or do you ever use like, I don't know. Like, I don't, you seem to be very technical with both. And I don't know if those two like ever come together at all. Or incorporate your music into displaying your photographic work in some way. If you've ever done a so show. I, I have literally never crossed the two. I, I did do a concert photograph once. I, I took a camera out and did a concert and I hated it. I don't <laughs> probably because I'm not really big on like using cameras that have autofocus and things like that. I don't mind them. I just, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really think that I could probably do that with the gear that I like shooting with. So, okay. uh, I mean, I guess I could, I don't know. Some, somebody was shooting presidential elections with a Graflex. So, I mean, I, I guess with, with, J- with J Lane dry plates, <laughs> I remember. Oh man. Oh my gosh. Did you guys see <laughs> yeah, that? Uh, not to do another tangent here, but did you guys see the Olympic photographer that was doing something with a Graflex? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. So, I, so, so, so I can't say you're really limited by year. I mean, if that guy can do that, then yeah. Like can do nice. anything, but when you start to think that you're like hardcore into like analog or alt process, you just look anything. at that dude. Yeah. I wish I knew his name because yeah. that's yeah, it that's sucks that nobody knows his name. Yeah. Our last episode, our last episode, we talked to a sports photographer and he talked about a photographer who could manually focus and he said he was so good they talked about how he could follow focus on the head of a fly. And I was like, I can't wow. even imagine manually focusing like that. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I can, you know, I've, I've shot manual focus enough that I can manual focus a walking subject, but 
it's sports. not perfect all the time. It's sports and animals. Yeah, I don't know. yeah that'd be tough. Yeah, that'd be really. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I mean, focusing on the cats, challenging it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can do it a little bit. I I can't do it anywhere near what yeah. that guy was describing. All right, Kev. Yeah, it's, it's me. Yeah, and I got I got one. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So I've seen, um, Mike. I've seen you shoot both black and white and color, and Amanda. I've seen you primarily shoot in black and white. I don't. I'm sure you have shot color. I don't doubt that, but I see more of your black and white work. Do you guys like to mix it up? Is it one preferred over the other? I'll let Michael go first. Um, I so, so I used to love color when you could get it processed locally. Yeah. And then everything shut down. They were all gone. Yeah. <laughs> Recently, I've I've gotten back into it with that Jobo, and then we also um, started using a sous vide machine that works really well too. Yep. Which actually um, now I developed my color film because I but, got the sous vide thing. I, I do. I, I really like slide film better for for portraiture, and I've just started getting into doing e6 processing mm-hmm. um oh that's right so yeah i mean i'll probably get more back into doing color more um i will say for the past like five or six years i've probably done only black and white just because um just because i really had no way of processing it and i don't really like mailing <laughs> myself out so yeah um, you know we send it to midwest now it's true right, i can't yep as long as it's i don't think they we don't do we don't do e6 um at the moment oh, um, we yeah, can't so. we can't we can cross process it but that's kind of not the point of e6 so i mean i have a, i have oh, a you box guys will of... cross process oh well that's oh, nice yeah. yeah color yes i can't tell you like how many times like do you remember in like 2000 what year would have that been when like cross processing holders was like the thing on Flickr and it was just everywhere. It's like gas stations <laughs> cross process everywhere. <laughs> Desert cross process parks like- cross process. I mean, and it was just it was just everything. I feel and, like that uh, was the same year that Instagram came out when <laughs> and you could only shoot within the app with the filters applied. That makes sense. Yeah. And like I forgot what I was saying, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> well let's talk about it so i've seen you so mike mike wants to get back into color amanda you shoot i've seen most i've seen a lot of your black and white work and i i feel like that's what i see the most of but i could be wrong maybe it's maybe my feed is just feeding me all your black and white work but do you have do you prefer black and white yeah yeah um like just i don't know there's a cat on my chair. I am sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, it's talons are into the leather. Um, the pleather. <laughs> so I definitely mostly shoot black and white. Yeah. Even if it's digital. Um, but I don't know. Since spring, I've shot quite a bit of color. Okay. But I haven't really like put it put much on social media or anything like that because it's like I started this thing where I was just like just shooting for me. Yeah. And shooting like if it were, you know, 1985 or, you know, like, like, like Instagram pictures, you know what I mean? Like just pictures of stuff, yeah. you know, that, that you're just like, Oh, I really enjoy this. This doesn't really have like a certain meaning or purpose. Like, Oh, here's, you know, a pool toy or whatever. So like, I just <clears throat> haven't been putting that stuff online. I think I'm going to on my Amanda Obscura account, which is more as like, it's my, uh, like private account like it's not private mm. but like it's not all like black and white and like 
ethereal and dark if that makes sense yeah so i do like color but that's cool do you do you think you are you prefer black and white because of like your style which is like you said is ethereal and dark do you do you think that yeah. the black and white for you is that's what that's how it fits yeah and it has more latitude yeah that's um, that's very true <laughs> i really like that about it and i like the green i don't really like the green like people are probably gonna think i'm like i don't know I think I completely agree with what you're about to say. But the grain is very different. It is. To me, on black and white than color. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some people on Instagram that they shoot color and, like, they make that shit look amazing. Yeah. Um, I am not one of those people that can do that, if that makes sense. Like, I wish I was, but, like, I, I really like the grain structure of, like, black and white film. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. One of my favorite films is... Shoot, I forgot what it is. 3200. Delta 3200. Oh, Delta 3200. Mm. I, I was thought I was like misremembering. It's Delta 3200. I love oh, nice. that film. Like, green is just absolutely amazing and perfect oh, yeah. for like, winter. Yep. So I really, huh. I really like the green on that film too. That's of 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 my high. Uh, like I usually won't go towards like an 800 speed black and white, but I'll go 3200 mm-hmm. black and white. I don't, I don't know, know why. Wh- <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I think a messy black and white photo looks great. But a like messy color negative image to me just looks like you I don't shot know. Shot it on the wrong chrome yeah. speed. Or, yeah. yeah, it looks like that. It yeah. looks yeah. <laughs> but you know, like I try to be cool about everything. Like you know, whatever people like. But yeah. Like there are some people that I follow that do like color where it's like grainy or whatever and just I absolutely love it. Like I follow this person, their name is like it's like underscore cat breath underscore, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're yeah, I know. I think they're from France, maybe. Um, but I love their work and I think it's beautiful. Like I wish I could create work like that, but like huh. just not in the cards for me, you know what I mean? Hmm. Okay. So I don't want people to think I'm like dissing color film because yeah. I think that makes total sense. I mean, I would say I prefer black and white too. <clears throat> I mean, I do shoot the color, but um, the the thing I like about black and white is is the latitude, like you said. But it's also it dodges and burns way better, even even in Photoshop. Like even if you're just even if you're using Photoshop to edit, yeah, it's a lot easier to edit. Oh, black and white. And yeah, I will say for me, for that... me it is. <clears throat> I have found it challenging to get accurate colors or colors the way that I would like them to be that they should be, you know, I'm using like, you know, I'll use like negative lab pro with like, in, in like quote, scan it in with my a seven R four. Um, and yeah. Yeah. We've tried some, we've tried we've oh. an Epson V 700. Who's that with like, the Epson software. And of course we've done a billion fast. comparisons. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? We're like, oh, here, let's pixel peep on next. Five hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, but I, that's, I, that's one of the frustrating things about color for me. I would shoot more of it if it weren't. I, I, so. I agree. Those have been the frustrating times for me with, with color film is, is the, the latitude, especially shadows. Um, when you've got like something with extreme highlights and extreme shadows and you're just trying to find this perfect blend but the shadows have this crappy color in them and they're all they're... like blocky and weird and if you yeah. try to mess with it like, they're magenta and blue yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're having like 
pixel identity crises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Mike, I this is uh, this isn't on the my question list, but I did wanna I did wanna sneak this in here before Tom had his last question, or if we were gonna go to yeah, a I break. got one last question after okay. you. Um, Mike, I followed closely your development of, I believe it was like a, a board for a music device um, during the pandemic. You had a, I think it was like a PCB board that was designed and then sent oh, to yeah, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, this was incredible, by the way. If you guys have not seen this and you follow Mike, you should go back in his feed and, and look at. Your music was, stuff is rad, dude. It's. I think Mike has a second account for his music on okay. Instagram, like building, don't you? Yeah, and so and he probably saw it on Facebook. What account what, is, what is that? So people know. It's just Mike Fiction twenty three, I think, something like that. We'll link it. We'll link it Anyways, in the show notes. The um. So yeah, what you're talking <laughs> about? I was I was actually building a clone of a very rare analog synthesizer from the seventies. So basically, I. It's dude. something you would. You did find it it would cost like a hundred grand like it's what expensive like i think only like 50 were made or something it was it was a is this like all that like old school like solid state like stuff that they like all that stuff it's 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 an analog modular synthesizer Hmm. so i don't know what that means there's probably a lot of resistors involved is my guess yeah maybe some tubes there's no tubes but yes lots of transistors (laughs) lots of Bits and bobs. But anyway, yeah. so, so basically bobs. what I did was I found the, the service manual and the service manual had drawings of the PCBs. So I'm like, I can remake these. I can just mm-hmm. make these. I don't have to buy this. Mm-hmm. I can just make this from scratch. So I just designed the PCBs and sent them off to China to have manufactured and brought, searched the internet for rare parts to use the original parts that was, you know, used in like he finds so stores cool. online designed the panels for it to look similar yeah. to the original and you know. like you find places that have like oh yeah old, like dead stock of like a capacitor transistor i don't even know um you know from like <laughs> 1968 it was in uncle john's garage yep. that now like you american know, pickers stuff. <clears throat> I, i'm i'm I've actually built a quite a few. That I built a microphone a couple of years ago. He built like, a microphone it was a for me. Mic. It was a clone of an AKG C12, which is a really fancy condenser mic that hmm. I would never be able to afford. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I built one. So that that was tube. I built a tube mic. I built some Pultec tube EQs. They're like these like 1950s like again probably best in class like if you if you want to say ask a studio engineer what's the best eq you've ever used it would be these pultic pultec eqs but they're again like seven grand a piece or something mm-hmm. so i just built them he's building they're, things they're like you know two- so we can have them if you then you have to sell your car to like buy it but this is all mike's done pretty much through the entire dark times the pandemic <laughs> dark <laughs> times yes so I was I was um, I was watching you do this and I was like <laughs> wildly impressed. And I was thinking I was thinking of like things that like people do that are way above my head in the photo realm, which is like assembling cameras and putting on specialty cinema mounts and like building out these giant rigs or even even the film world, like I still don't completely understand lens boards or how people put together four by five cameras so fast in the field. So I was thinking about that in the back of my head the whole time and thinking there's a lot of people who are intimidated by that type of stuff. And while I'm watching Mike and I'm totally intimidated by the amount of tech that he's putting (laughs) into, you know, the synthesizer, I was, again, just impressed. And I wanted to point that out and call it out because 
uh, a lot of people look at our stuff on the photo realm and they're they're like, oh, that looks really complicated. And we were like, eh, it's not. Yeah, I mean, I guess we've been doused in it forever, so it's not that complicated to us. And I just wanted to give you a pause because I thought you've been working <laughs> in electronics, I'm sure, for quite some time and in music for quite some time. And I just I thought that was really cool, man. Thank you. Yeah. So I mean, I just I've been in awe. Of, like, yeah. Oops, didn't mean to cut you off. Like no, no. of like what the stuff he works on, it's crazy. Like I'll go in there and it looks like he's playing centipede. <laughs> <sighs> but what he's really doing, I swear to God, the program that he uses to like map this stuff out looks like Galaga or Centipede. That's amazing. You guys, do you know what I'm referring? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 So like he, he maps it all out on the computer and then he sends it to China and then they make the circuit boards, but he can't order one circuit board. He has to order like 30 or something, you know what I mean? So like, we'll get these packages of like 30 circuit boards that Mike has designed. Cause you know, they're cheaper if you buy more, like, you know, you have to buy like a certain amount because they, they normally only like these products for like yeah. business and stuff. So I just want, I don't know. I just yeah. thought it was really cool that he does this because like you said, Kevin, like I, th this is so far above anything I could ever. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine doing. So cool. It is very cool. One day I'll build a camera. You've already, I, yeah. Oh, yes. Michael's supposed to be building me a camera. We bought the wood last winter. That'd be cool. I did restore it someday. I restored the Eastman Kodak D2 as well once. I, it was completely just what, this Tom? piece of trash and I rebuilt it. Like a penhole or like what kind of camera are you building? I wasn't built for um, you. you know, I. Your cat uh, is. Almost like a, it's almost like a Fox Tal. I think it's a Talbot camera. They're like these wood box, wooden boxes and they kind of are slide into each other and then you can do like a printing out process like a oh, like a yeah. Sanitech or something it, like that it's, in it. It's similar to a daguerreotype camera. Very it's, rudimentary. It's, yep. Hey, okay. Hey. Your cat's adorable by the way that keeps poking into the frame. <laughs> she is hunting that stink bug that fell Oh good. She also wants me to build her a was it a Carillion camera? Is that what it is? So I dated a fellow in the 90s and he built a Krillian camera for me and it was the coolest thing. And <laughs> it was lost in one of my moves and I would really like Michael to buy one of those. Sorry, make what, one. What is that? What is so, a what a did you, What's the name of so, it again? This kind of fits in with your spooky thing. So <laughs> it's like, it, it, back it's in like- It's used for spirit photography. Back in the 60s and know. 70s, like, people would use these to see like the auras of like plants and things like that. So I can't remember exactly how it worked it's a long time ago, but basically it was this box that he had made that had a switch and it was, so you like put the leaf on it on this like metal plate and then you put glass on top of that. And then you have to have like a wire, like a ground connected to it and basically you turn the lights out and you have photo paper under it and you turn the light on and then all the areas where there is, I think it's moisture in the plant or maybe it's the chemicals, I can't remember, but um, they light up and you can make a photogram that way. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of. It makes sense to me. I, I can, I, I know the concept of photograms and everything. So I, I see how that mechanism would work. 
We'll send you a link. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. It's, like it's interesting. Yeah. They're interesting. <laughs> I really want one though. And he That's always buys true. things for me for holidays. I'm like, dude, just, just, you know, you make your things like make something for me. Like, it's all I want. <laughs> it costs ten dollars. You know, <laughs> if I can make a picture out of it, I'm cool. <laughs> all right, time. You got a question before we go to a break? Really, it was just a goofy one that I was going to tag on here. Oh, let's I always, it. I always like watching you guys interact with Sonny and give him flack the whole time. And I just was going to oh, ask yeah. you guys what your favorite thing to give Sonny flack about was. You know, I don't even know. I don't give a <laughs> shit about everything. <laughs> <laughs> like so sometimes good. I'll just come in and I'll just like give him the bird or <laughs> just stare at him because I love Sonny. I think he's he is that's very I, obvious. I endearing yeah you know what I mean? oh yeah like you guys act like old like you guys act like you went to high school together or something when you guys come in like i'm just like it's so entertaining to watch well the funny i mean it ends up that like he was best friends with somebody that used to hang out like and go to like you know goth night with us and stuff in like the 90s and i had no idea that, that he and this john dude were best friends back then so like i actually probably met sunny a bunch of times and didn't know it that's funny. Like, was it John Lubinsky? No. Uh, it was um, John Bowers. Okay. John Bowers. John Bowers. Okay. That sounds like a made-up name. I don't believe you now. Well, no, I, I met uh, Sonny. No, John's a cool dude. <laughs> He's a cool dude. But yeah. I guess he and he and Sonny were good friends. And like hmm. I used to see John around all over the place. And like I'm just, I, I, yeah, there's, there's, there's no way that the, there's no way that that we didn't meet him back then. I just don't remember. I just feel like a. You know, like a family feeling when I'm around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just gives you those warm fuzzies. Yeah. <laughs> not, not really. Good, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know exactly. It takes the darkness to, to, to know the darkness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed on on that note for Sunny, for yeah. sure. All right, let's uh, let's do take a little break for our sponsors, and we'll be back with some uh, gear questions and uh, closing questions. And uh, you got anything else there, Kev? And uh, no, I don't. So yeah, we'll be back in just a sec. And congratulations to our new sponsor, Canon, who launched their new EOS R3 mirrorless camera this week. Curious about this awesome new body from Canon? Check out our YouTube channel in the show notes and watch our first look and review on the EOS R3 as we test its new autofocus vehicle detect and 30 frames per second burst rate. Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller of Canon equipment and you can find out more or purchase gear at mpex.com and search Canon. Okay, so, but we're we're back now. We're, we're back in the show. And yes. Amanda, you, had some, is you had some questions for Tom. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh, putting okay. her to sleep. You're so boring. No, um, <laughs> I, well, our jokes you know, are this landing. Whole time, like we're doing this through Zoom, and it's not, yeah, Zoom. Uh, and like Tom has these cameras in front of him. I'm like, Tom, why the hell do you have these cameras oh, in front yeah. of this podcast? So it appears that he has a Horizon. Isn't that what it's called? Yes, or a Horizont? No, it's a Horizon 202. It's a 35 millimeter. Swing Did I say camera. Horizon or Horizon? You said Horizon. Okay, you said thanks. Horizon. I thought it might because I think there's one called a Horizon. Is that a there? Horizon? <laughs> no, but I think there's a camera um, called that. Fragile. <laughs> that was the I'm sound sorry, of a swing lens. That's the sound so, of a swing lens. So that looks pretty awesome, Tom. Yeah. 
Oh, it sounds. Are you gonna, are you gonna go take some hacky pictures with that? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh <laughs> hockey, not hacky. hacky. I, thought, I thought you were like. <laughs> are you go hacky? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I should. Yeah. Like if that you would be down near difficult. The, near the near the the ice because I know you like hockey. Oh what, yeah. What's your What's your favorite film camera, Tom? What's my favorite film camera? Yep. Whew. We're going to start interviewing you now. Yeah, I had no idea we could ask you questions. Tom, Tom, Tom. I've got so many film cameras. Wait, what? I feel so self-centered. <laughs> oh, no. All they did is come here and talk about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did ask if we could ask you guys about your photography. So, I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't so, know what my fil- favorite film camera would be. It would probably you even like film photography. Do I even like film photography? Of course I do. I think Tom has more film cameras than he does digital cameras. Absolutely, I do. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely the case. I'm I've glad got, we know your stance now. He has several several Soviet era cameras. He has several. I've got a lot of Zorkies lot of and Zorkies. Feds. Yep. And you uh, to try those. I, I will. Those. I will loan Zorkies. you the one that Kevin refused to borrow. Why? I got you covered. You do it. Because um, Kevin's I'm, all like, I want something that works properly. Okay, so first, first, has personality. Tom hands me this camera, and all of the shutter speeds have just rubbed right <laughs> off of them. So I have oh, they're, they're faint. You can you can read them if you peek. Peep them close. And then he tells me, I'm like, how do you even set shutter speed on this thing? He goes, well, first you have to cock it. and so You have to advance the shutter right. and then set the shutter speed because the Which is spring the most, is like, yeah, in tandem. It's the most the... backwards thing I've ever heard of. All the old Leicas are like that. That's like that. We've, we've got a Kiev, which is like a context copy. I thought and that, it does some weird stuff. I, I thought don't that, that that Metalist was like that. There's something oh, the weird about the Metalist. Oh, the Kodak Metalist craziness i don't know our metalist 2 is weird like that is the weirdest that might be the weirdest camera yeah. ever the you metalist know, if what's that movie hellraiser is it hellraiser the one that freaks me out with pinhead yep yeah if he had a camera it would be a metalist too have you seen it <laughs> it looks like a drill or like a, a screw or something like it looks like a torture device like yeah. huh. when I look at it I'm like this is the weirdest camera i've ever seen like yeah that's spooky oh man we also have a Mos- Moskva 5 6x9 camera. That's Russian, Soviet. What? I didn't even know that. I've never heard of that. The thing. next time you guys come in, can you bring that? I want to take a picture. Yeah, it's a, it's like, it's like a 6x9 folder. Like it's cop. You oh, know, like, those nice, like the old nice Voigtlanders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, oh. it's a rangefinder. It's pretty, pretty I mean, nice. Actually, she had one like that for a while. I think. I think it yeah. wasn't 6x9, but yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into some. I mean, we talked a little bit about gear at the beginning here, but I want to know, uh, like, what is your current, like, the next camera? Amanda, you had mentioned that you you pick up a different camera kind of every time. Yeah. Um, what's what do you think the next camera you're gonna pick up is? That's it's probably the next weird thing that I find at Midwest <laughs> or another local. Like, just the next weird thing I find. Yeah. I was um, gonna say, is really Nikon weird? Is what? Nikon coming out with an F seven? Do you think no? No, I'm just kidding. I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. That was bad. <laughs> That's cruel. That's a dumb question. Tom. I apologize to interrupt you during your. Yeah. I mean, I wish they would. I wish that they would come out with modern, trustworthy 35 millimeter cameras yeah. for people that are just starting out so that, you know, they don't have the extra stress of, you know, oh, I bought this camera and it doesn't work. 
you know i mean not that, that happens in the west but you know what i mean like I, I wish that they were making modern cameras for people just starting out or students you know people that are trying to get into film photography because it would make it a lot less frustrating for people because i don't think i don't think anybody makes a film camera i mean no. aside from large format i don't think you can buy a new film camera anymore besides leica but that's, I mean, that's like a, no, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know that they're actually doing the MP. I don't think, I don't oh, the MP. I forgot about the MP. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you asked about like what the next camera is. Um, Like I said, I'd like to have one of those cameras that you can, that are just basically two boxes that you slide the boxes and like, yep. It, it just, mm. just something. And then every once in a while, she says that she wants a Leica, and then she realizes that oh, she doesn't. I, do. I, I go through that where I'm like, "Oh, they're so cool, and I love the Besses. Like, I think the I'd actually like a Bessa more than I would a Leica. That's but correct. then I realize that like I wear glasses, and it's really hard for me to focus a rangefinder. Um, oh yeah, because so. I had that Bessa R2 when you came in that day, and I was like, "I, this, I did. I'm obsessed with or this you thing did. right now. Yeah, I think we have three of them oh. now. So I love them. Yeah, I just they're. They're kind of expensive for what I'm looking for right now. Like I'm yeah. looking for like, you know, like if I don't know, just like something. A... Like if I found a homemade camera at a store, like that would be like a fine. I will say that that is something that we I don't we haven't done it recently, but we used to uh, search for cameras not in actually camera stores, but we'd go to antique stores and search for cameras. Mm -hmm. We've bought quite a few that we've. We'll never own a camera that isn't usable. So mm -hmm. we've we've actually shot every single camera that we've ever bought, including the weirdest things from an antique shop. Yeah. But we have like a case full of antique shop cameras. Yeah. Do you guys like? Uh, do you have any trouble finding old, like, weird formatted spooled film, like six twenty or those? Like, there's even the like big, like super wide, like spools of like I don't know. So 620, I, so I've, I've done the respooling of 620, and then I realized that we you actually don't up. need to do that. So you can actually, and this will work on most cameras. There's some cameras it fails on, but just get a really nice solid pair of like toenail like, clippers. Toenail clippers or whatever, and just trim the edge of 120 <laughs> film to, so that it's like right up against the paper. And now you've got a 620 roll. Oh, huh. That's cool. Yeah, it's really expensive online. Yeah. But there are other formats that, um, that I haven't been able to find film for. Like um, you have a 110 camera. You wanted to try to find 110 film for Lobo makes film it. for that. Yeah. Uh, my problem was that, um, do you guys develop 110? We discovered that our machine does 110, even though it's not <laughs> does not advertised as developing 110. We put a 110 roll in there. I was like, this is 110. So yeah, we do 110. Maybe I'll get some 110 and bring it in. Cause, yeah. uh, we have some of that. that camera I got? Cause that's yeah i don't i don't have a no i got some that. weird like slr 110 camera at an antique store was it huh. minolta or something well, i don't remember <laughs> it was a t it's like a tiny slr yeah i've dude. seen those things before dude they're kind of flat yes it looks like a prop or something one. yes that's weird those things and are cool i haven't run film through it because i don't have reels for that if i remember the reels are kind of expensive not that i'm dissing 110 film because some people love it but I didn't want to spend that much money yeah. Yeah. to buy the reel for the 110 film because I remember 110 film from my childhood and yep. like anybody that had their childhood pictures taken with that is just like, oh God. Yeah. Like, uh <laughs> it, 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 it has some great, it has some resolution issues. A little bit, a little <laughs> tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you don't have a nose in your picture, you know what I mean? Because like <laughs> film just can't. 
keep up with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be the next new popular thing, probably. People are getting into one ten. Yeah, we carry one ten. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think that you guys have red scale one ten. Yeah, the lobster red scale from Lomo. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep, it's a little, a little fun. Um, what's Mike? What's gonna be the next? I mean, I know you've got your Pentax, but is there like the next camera that you're gonna pick up, or is it gonna I, be? The... I, I believe that actually is the last camera for me to buy. I don't know if I. Every once in a while, I look at um, things like, like the what was it the the Pentacon <clears> six <throat> or whatever. Man, yeah, I mean, I've gone down that route. I already, I already have a Hasselblad. Yeah. Like, like I think about like maybe the old, the older Bronica, the one that uses the Nikon lenses, the mm. S two, I think it is. Like, yeah. do I really need that? Like, I've already got, you know, the Hasselblad system for square format. So, I think he's I would, actually. I, I lied. There is one that I would like to get, and Amanda will not, yells at me every time I think about it. But <laughs> no. I would like to get an RZ six seven. Oh, okay. Oh, because oh, we already have an RV67. Isn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the lenses a lot better on the RZ67. Funny story. So the RB67 was the first medium format camera that wasn't a Holga that I ever purchased. Nice. And I purchased it at Columbus Camera Group. Ayo. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. She purchased it so, from me, I think. Because so I, I knew. I oh, there. I forgot like, that you worked there. I, yeah, yeah. So I knew oh, Mike man. was in we used to hang out. We had huge crushes on each other. Like we used to talk on the phone all the time. And then we just didn't see each other for years because I moved away and he moved away. And I remember going into Columbus camera group one day and there was this dude there. And I, I'm sure at the time I knew it was Mike, but I thought, God, this guy's such a snob. I remember I was looking for a light meter. <laughs> oh, like, that's so good. Like I just, it just made me feel really weird. It's like, Remember when like you first started out in photography and like you'd go to the store and it'd be kind of like you'd be kind of overwhelmed. You'd be like, oh, I don't know, I, I don't know, you know, think that people were looking at you differently than what they actually are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Um, very sensitive. Maybe that's the word. I don't know. But so I got out of there. And then years later, I went back and I bought an RB67. And I think Michael might have been the one that. Uh, yeah, it's all up to you. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, yeah. I got over him being a snob at some point because we were we are married. Yeah. Um, you can only be so. I worked at CCG too, and like I remember, Mike, you guys used to come in all the time. But I feel like you can only be so snobby working at CCG though, too, <laughs> right? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not. Oh, um, the, that dusty pile, pile of bags and stuff. Yeah, God, I miss that. Just going there and just like peeling through rubbish corner. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trying to pick the one that. Through, what's that? Going through the attic. Oh the my dark, God, the that was the best. Stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you want to hit the? Yeah. Next question. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is something I think you guys are going to have a good answer for us here. I feel like I'm on a game show. <laughs> All right. Our special guest in the back here. Uh, so what is something you can't leave the house without that's not photo related, but it's obscure or something weird? 
not photo related. My anxiety. <laughs> True. <laughs> I if actually, I was on the Family Feud, I'd have to like put up my art. <laughs> Survey says. Survey says. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> there we go. All right. I'll let Michael. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I have anything that's obscure that's not photo related that I won't leave the house. Your without. attitude. Ooh, oh man. Shots fired. Uh, your age? No. Um, <laughs> what about your scared. Pentax spot meter? I mean, it's not photo related, he said. Oh, shit. I mean, sorry. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> what is wait, what is something that we leave, never leave the house with? It's not photo related. Do you related, take like a prop obscure. or anything? Or do you like, I don't know. Like when we're doing photography. Yeah. Like, Amanda, do you ever, do you, do you take like mace when, with you when you're going to these creepy cemeteries? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm just guessing. I you're, Usually you're, you're an Apple breath. Watch, and I have it set to like call like emergency services if there's some some creeps near me. Um, no, that's pretty I, good. I mean, she, she's not going to answer this because she she doesn't she doesn't remember. But I, I remember what you, what's obscure that you always bring. It's oh, a super, it's a parasol and a super wide brimmed hat. Oh, I thought you were going to say my hard drive. No. Oh yeah, she also brings her hard drive. Everywhere. I lived through a house fire as a child, and I have this fear of losing certain things, yeah. so I have. A backup, like usually in my bag with me yep. when I go places in case huh. there's ever a house fire. That's a good um, idea. It, yeah, I mean, you know, you keep like your childhood pictures on it, like all the things that you would lose that um, you, all would, your on you there. would really miss. Because if just think about it, like if something happened, all your negatives and all your digital, you know, files, like that would be absolutely devastating. So yeah. I think that's, I don't know if other people travel around with theirs like I do, but yeah. Yeah, whenever we leave the house, she puts that in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that meow in the background oh. agrees, I think. Piggy <laughs> said, you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. Oh, man. Oh, pick her up, Michael. Let her say hi to everybody. <laughs> What's her name? Pickle? Piggy. We have, we Piggy. have a pickle. We have pickle and Piggy. Okay. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Don't That's you guys horrible. have cats? Oh yeah, yeah we, we both, both have Obviously. cats. We both yeah. have cats. Yeah, we're both cat dudes. Yep, love our That's cats. Yep, and I don't know. I mean, if we're on the top of cats, I should also mention that Halloween is my favorite season, holiday, whatever. Like Christmas can come and go, like New Year's can come and go for Ashley and I. But when Halloween, like we've decked out the house. Oh, I saw your video. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. We, it looks good. I really like the. Don't you have like a uh, a pink bird, not a pelican, a, fling, uh, a flamingo skeleton? Yes. You have a, you have a flamingo skeleton. Yes, because flamingos are my favorite bird. I love them. Halloween, you know, it's always in your heart. It is around. very much is. Do you guys what like what do you do to get into the seasonal mood for the fall? Just the spooky myself. season. I'm just Wait, myself. <laughs> um, you know, we haven't done much for this season in the past few years. Um, but I just, that's not true. I mean, we, she goes, like, and, she buys gourds and pumpkins and like sets them up on the steps. Like, I it's do. like a, Oh, heck like, yeah. Like a deco shrine yeah. decoration. Like, like every single time she has a store, she's like, let's get two more pumpkins. <laughs> let's do that's it. That's awesome. I mean, how can you not with that house? It's decorative gourd season. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. You guys have a good, now. like uh pumpkin roll recipe or anything that you break out. 
no, Michael just buys a lot from Kroger. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that Lindsay's makes the best pumpkin donut. Ooh. Mm. Is that in Circleville? Have you been to Lindsay's before? Where's that? I've not. It's in Circleville. I have not. Circleville's all about the the pumpkin. I mean, we have the pumpkin show that just ended yesterday. Yeah, they got a big pumpkin show. Mm. Hundreds of thousands of people come to Circleville, Ohio for the pumpkin show. We did not go this year because I'm higher risk, so I don't like going out in crowds. But yeah. I mean, it's like 500,000 people or more come to our town of 14,000 people. My and goodness. Like, it's oh. like pumpkin waffles, pumpkin hamburgers, pumpkin chili, pumpkin everything. Yeah. Interesting. So that's actually usually what we do for the Yeah, we usually go to pumpkin season. show. Then we go, usually go to, so we didn't do that this year either. We usually go to a um, pumpkin patch and pick our own pumpkins. But we didn't do that this year. But I'm glad that you also enjoy the season. Yes. I will say that neither one of us are into like dressing up. We like handing out candy, but we don't really dress up anymore. Yeah, same. I only dress up for one party and that's it. Oh, you know, like, so you just like doing your house up and like pumpkin smelling, pumpkin scented things. We're not big on pumpkin scented or tasting things. Like I'm not a pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin ale. (laughs) I I had a pumpkin uh, cider yesterday with my lunch Uh and uh, I was like, can I have a sample of it before I have a full glass? And she's like, yeah, everybody asks that here. Let me get you that sample glass. So I got a sample of this pumpkin cider and I drank it. And I finished it, and she was like, would you like me to get a whole pint? And I said, no, that was actually, like, plenty. It was like a dessert drink. Mm, and she yeah. was like, that is literally what everybody says. <laughs> it's like, it's it's good for that small portion, and I'm good with that amount of pumpkin spice or nutmeg or whatever it is that they are using, and I really don't need to be. Pumpkin, I will say pumpkin pie is my favorite. I, pumpkin my, uh, pie and pumpkin um, donuts are the two things that I will go crazy over, though. My, uh, we, my will, bur- we will bring you pumpkin. Oh, sorry, Tom. No, you're good. I was no, just no, gonna, you go. My, uh, my birthday is in March, and my mom, when I was a kid, used to make like go to the bakery and say, I know it's March, but could you please make my child a pumpkin pie? Because that's his favorite and for my birthday. And... But yeah, I would much rather have a slice of pumpkin pie and a cup of coffee than having like a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, I like, agree. I'm good. Me yeah. too. I agree. Have I like you ever pie. been to Lima? I don't think I've ever been to I Lima. I went to OSU Lima for a year, so yes. Oh, you know Happy Days in Lima? That restaurant? Yeah. Okay. So they have this thing where it's kind of like a blizzard. It's very quaint. Oh, my mm-hmm. love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now sponsored by Dairy Queen. Thing ever. They literally take soft serve ice cream. They shove a whole piece of pie in there, Dude. and then stir it up. But they don't really stir it. Okay. So like, and then they put whipped cream on it. It's the most amazing. Do you know how late they're open, Kevin? What are you doing tonight? You make a trip? <laughs> I don't know. If they, I'm sure they still must have it. But oh my gosh, like that is something I definitely miss about living in Lima. How long? But we do have you- Lindsay's. How long do you think the DoorDash is between Lima? And <laughs> <laughs> Probably cost you is... like three thousand dollars. You know what I mean? To get one. It's oh, so good yeah. though. But I'm with you on the pumpkin pie. Like yes. pumpkin pie is it's the is, best. Is, is it, king. Is. it is. And I'm the... with you on that pumpkin spice latte. I'm I'm not about that. I no. actually love lattes. And every time I go, me too. Get a latte. They're like, well, what flavor do you want? I'm like, none. <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry that you ask. (laughs) He almost vomits every time they flavor it. Yeah, I only do a little bit of vanilla. That's it. 
I like caramel every once in a while, but yeah. Yeah. Something I basic. I just drink San Pellegrino. Yeah. <laughs> you don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. I love coffee. Um, there's there's one question here that I do want to ta- uh, touch on before before we close out, and there's something we we talked about a little bit before the episode got rolling, and that is I want to hear your again. I want to I want to hear it again. The your explanation on who inspires you. Um, <laughs> you guys had talked about this, and I thought it was a really cool answer. I'll go first, I guess, because um, I'll let Michael go first. Because <laughs> he was interesting. I mean, you, I liked your answer. I'm mostly inspired by you guys, like and Matt, and like every, you know the people that I meet. Everybody, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of like going online and meeting people. You know, I like to meet people in person. So um, you like to see people's yeah. work who you so, know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got you guys inspire me. We we appreciate that. We appreciate Mike. that. Yeah. But that's... Single tear going down. <laughs> right um, well, if you ask me to name like a like a famous photographer, I'd have a difficult time. Yeah, and he probably picked the one that I'm going to say as well. So, um, you used to really love Ed Valentine's. I remember who Ed Valentine. <laughs> who? Oh my god, Ed Valentine. Um, passed, he passed away, but he was an amazing uh, wet plate photographer. Um, where was he based? I was just only I on the East Coast somewhere, I think. But he passed away. But he was a really I'm probably screwing this all up, but his, oh, I know Michael really about. liked his that, that wasn't his last name. It's, it was Ed Valentine. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll we'll find um, we'll find out who it is. We'll we'll drop it in, <laughs> in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um Michael, he likes people, but I don't think he remembers it. He doesn't have a very good memory. So like he'll be like, Oh, I really like this person's work and like he'll show it to me, you know? And he's just doesn't have the Yeah, I don't I don't really attach to like the people unless I know them in person. Yeah. Like, if I know them in person, yeah. then then So he'll show me things and yeah. be like, Wow, I really, you know, like the way this person you, does you, large format or whatever, you know. Yeah, you appreciate the 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 art not necessarily the personality behind that like that's it's kind of it turns a little bit into the cult of personality when you start to talk about a, a certain like when you talk about famous photographers a little bit neither of us are into like um i mean i've been to some exhibitions of some people but i don't even remember their names honestly hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, give me like a book. Like the guy that does the dogs with the big giant Polaroids. Like I don't, I don't know who that is. I'm sure I'm sure I was <laughs> an idiot not knowing who he is, but being a photographer, but I just don't pay attention to that. Yeah. And that's, that's what was still the question? Who, who, uh, what inspires us? Oh, and who inspires, who inspires us? us? Mm-hmm. I have to yawn. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna yawn now? Um who inspires me? Um as far as printing goes, um, can I do like go backwards a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to find like alternative process printing, like just absolutely just like it was this like otherworldly, just insane just al- thing. Al- al- alchemy magic. Yeah. Yeah. It was like just magic. And like I remember I used to, you know, Go through Flickr, you know, looking at all the pictures, trying to figure out how people are doing things. And I remember I found um, Michelle Roger Pritzel, and she really inspired me to do alt process like Van Dyke and try Brom oil and um, that's calotype. awesome. Yeah, Calatite, Van Dyke Brown, stuff like that, because I think her stuff is 
really amazing. And she did a series. I can't remember the name of the series. The Hand that I can't remember the name of it is, but it was about um, her time in what would you call that? Um, purity culture and her time in the evangelical like religious extremist religious yes um and i mean it's not that it's like anything down on anyone or anything like that i just thought the series was just really amazing yeah and so i became friends with her and she helped me um like i'd write her and i'd be like you know what am i supposed to do like i couldn't figure out like how to mix chemicals or what to do with my paper or whatever and she'd be really cool and um help me through that that's awesome Um, and as far as people like right now i like ray bidigan think that's how I pronounce his last name. Um, I'm friends with him on like Facebook and social media and stuff like that. And he is just an amazing printer. Like he's doing um, photo gravier. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Everybody's probably booing and hissing at me right now. Uh, But (laughs) like that is my end process that I would like to be able to do. And it's like, I think that I could do the plate making and the burning and like all of that stuff, but um, Ray makes it look easy and it's not easy. And mm-hmm. I think his photography is, is really awesome. But it, Ray That's is so cool. Great. I would say he's one of the people in our time that is one of the best at what he does. Yeah. Huh. I did think of something. I want to amend, amend my answer a little bit. I don't know the names of any of these guys. But... I wasn't done. You can go. I just like the fact that <laughs> yeah, we are moving on from us and on to bigger and better things. I like that. I've noticed for the past like five years, um, whenever I'm on social media, like even I'm I'm still on Flickr even, but um, and and so I love Flickr. When I find like film photography portraiture that I really love, it's almost always Eastern European. I think there's a hmm. really I've noticed really, that really as well. Good Eastern European scene of like film portrait photography like oh. even people that aren't doing portraits like there are so many talented like, people like poland and russia and mm-hmm. ukraine like it's it's, it's interesting hmm. that, that they always that always really inspires me and it always feels very true huh if that makes sense yeah like like but, uh, like back to, yeah like organic Oops. yeah it's 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 not it's not so because a lot of times the fashion photography here is really kind of rather you know, it's, it's to obviously to sell something. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you know, and then you, you have people that did, you know, like Tariq Ture, he does stuff like that. And his is obviously not, his is really good. Um, you know, and I was going to mention him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that it's, it seems like a lot of what I see where, where, where the people look, it just looks authentic. It looks like the, it looks like people doing art for art and not for social media or other people yeah. or likes. It looks like people making art 20 years ago, 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah, it's like and the it's early not- days of Flickr and Tumblr and all that stuff where it was just art kids being weird on the internet, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's like, there's nothing against like social media. Cause I mean, everybody likes whether they say it, they like it or not, loves it when people like their work and they get likes and yeah. you know all of that. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's just something that I don't know. I hope it doesn't make us sound bad that we say that we really love a lot of photographers from that part of the world. No, I've just I've just noticed a trend that a lot of times when I when I see photography that I really love and I look where they're from, it's it's somewhere in Eastern Europe. I'm like, wow, that's it's just something I noticed. Yeah, it's interesting. That's pretty interesting. 
but I also admire the people that like are in my life. Like I really admire Matt Marash. Like not only is he just like a cool guy, a good friend, like mm -hmm. he just, he does everything and he just doesn't really give a shit. He just dives into it. And he does it. You yep. know what I mean? So I really appreciate that about him. And like you guys, you guys shoot film. Like, I don't know. It just, I, I draw a lot of inspiration from the people that I know. Yeah. If that makes I, yeah, I think definitely. your store has more Pentax six seven shooters than I've ever seen anywhere. Oh, that's, that's something that like I meant to mention. I think it's really amazing that like how many women that work at Midwest shoot film. Yeah, um, it's often such a male dominated thing, and I feel like I'm in this like cool club now. Like it's just like. I have a Pentax 6-7, like all the, you know, females at Midwest seem to have Pentax. Like, you know what I mean? Like all the Columbus area, like women that have Pentax 6-7s, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. back in the day, that's not something that a man would think a woman would have. And I know that makes me sound like I'm 800 years old, but it was probably, I, I mean, out, like, truth be told, when those cameras when those cameras were made, it was probably very rare for a woman to actually own one. It, many men probably owned them in that market. And it's cool to see that they're being, you know, being owned by somebody else now with a different lens, a different subject they might be pointing it at. So, Oh yeah. I love it. Yeah. Very cool. I always think it's, so we currently have one on the shelf back in the used area. That's for, Oh, that's the special one. It's for parts and repair. Like it's a total, yeah. it's a total dog, but I, every once in a while I'll see an associate go over and just be like, like holding it and being like, does this make sense? Like feeling it and stuff. And I'm like, another one. Like how many, how many people in this store are going to just <laughs> employ? Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I think but it's great, but it, awesome. Like yeah. Why doesn't this work? Maybe if I leave it on the shelf, maybe <laughs> pick it up again and just no, mess. It's, it's like looking in the refrigerator. You know what I mean? And like it's the same crap that's been in there. You know, and it's got like the, going to appear. I think it's got like the chain issue that a lot of them yeah. kind of run into. I don't. But you know how to fix that, Michael? I don't know how to fix it. I thought you I know just, how to fix yeah. it. You just know how to diagnose it. <laughs> I just don't care about it because I don't use the metered prism. <laughs> but if you want to use the metered prism, you have to have the chain work. And I didn't know if there was anything else you guys wanted to talk about, like, about. Um, do you do you have any closing questions, remarks, comments, concerns? You said no. you skipped one. I know that. No, no. I just I think that there was one that was kind of redundant that we already touched on yeah. that I skipped. So, um, but yeah, other look really just yeah. Thank you guys for doing this with us i yeah. know that it's been kind of a long time coming and i've been looking forward to it yeah i'm i'm really happy that you guys were able to join us on here for sure oh yeah, happy me too. A lot of fun. we always like doing stuff with you guys Thank i know you i was a bit anxious about it and so was mike but i think we've we've survived it's nice that we can like see you guys through zoom and yeah yeah well and honestly you guys like every time you come in i feel like I don't know. We've got good. I knew that as soon as we got going, we would just start chatting for like yeah. way longer than we probably anticipated. But you, I always <laughs> enjoy chatting with you guys. Yeah, you guys are the best. It's always been fun. Yeah, I would like to say that I've really enjoyed watching Tom's boots. His dance. I don't know what kind. Of, those boots—they always remind me of like duck feet. <laughs> oh yeah, I got my rain boots on. It's it's kind of coming down out here. It or, is. Or it was earlier, so I got my. Super. I got my rubber boots on. Super, super wet out nice. there. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for like having us on. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you guys for, for, for hanging out with us. Yeah.
As always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can find our guest on social media at Amanda underscore Fields underscore Fiction and Mike at at Mike Fiction underscore Photo. And a special thanks to our executive producer, Maddie O'Neill, our audio tech and designer, Josh Applebaum, uh, the president of Midwest Photo, Moisha Applebaum, and the VP of Midwest Photo, Ken Lewis. Thank you guys for letting us come in, hang out, and uh, chat with people like Mike and Amanda here. And yeah, thanks, guys. Um, And I've actually got a shout-out as well. Uh, A shout-out? There was a guy that came in today, or today? on Saturday, Whew. a guy that came in on Saturday and heard me chatting with a customer in the store, and he came up and he was like, hold on, are, are you one of the weird beards? And he told me about how much he liked listening to the show, and how mu- and it made him want to come in and check out one of the Bessa R2s that Kevin and I have been talking about so much. So shout out to Rick Beck. Thank you for listening, and thanks for showing your support. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. Cool. That's all. Thanks, guys.